1: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
2: Welcome to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, everybody across America. Thanks for being here with us. 800-282-2882 on the lines. They are open. We got Biden signing the infrastructure package. Democrats taking a rare and really, let's be honest, pretty minor victory lap these days on this one. They still have to get the BBB Build Back Better agenda item passed through the Congress so Biden can sign that. Because what better way to deal with inflation than to spend trillions of additional dollars after spending trillions of additional dollars earlier this year in an emergency bill? Yeah, that's what we're facing. Clay, I'll break that down for you and also the supercharging of the IRS which I don't know about you, that that puts me on edge, uh, that will be occurring as part of the BBB. We also have our friends Jedediah Bila, formerly co-host of The View and also uh, formerly of Fox News, to talk about masking up kids and the craziness of Fauciism and her journey as a parent from somebody who would listen to Fauci to now someone who despises him almost as much as I do. Oh, and speaking of people who don't really love Fauci, Senator Rand Paul will also be with us at the uh, two o'clock, two o'clock Eastern hour talking about, well, the spending bill in uh, the Senate that sits uh, there right now and also the latest on covid and all the rest of it. We are waiting, of course. And, you know, as I'm sitting here talking to you, we are waiting to find out the fate, the biggest news story of the day of Kyle Rittenhouse. The jury is currently deliberating on this one i'm trying to get lawyer clay to give me his over under on how long this is going to go for we'll get into that in a moment but i just wanted to revisit for for a second some of the dumbest things that were said yesterday some of the dumbest arguments by prosecutors this one was particularly insane here is kenosha assistant district attorney james kraus saying that, you know, sometimes you just got to let a crazy mob of leftist lunatics start punching you on the street. Clearly, if there is provocation, he's guilty. But even outside of provocation, why do you get to immediately just start shooting? As Mr. Binger said, he brought a gun to a fist fight. and He was too cowardly to use his own fist to fight his way out. He has to start shooting. So so, Clay, you're supposed to supposed to slug it out with a mob that has weapons, including firearms, that's attacking you while you have a gun? That's apparently what the prosecutors think in this case.
3: These are the dumbest prosecutors on the planet. I mean, I really look, one of the things that you have to learn, Buck, when you're in law school is you have to learn and then early in your practice of law, if you do criminal cases is sometimes you're going to be defending people that you don't necessarily find to be particularly likable or to have been accused of something That is uh, that is uh, that is in any way acceptable. I've represented murderers, uh, convicted murderers. I've represented alleged drug dealers, alleged domestic abusers. And what you have to do is the best job of defending them that you can. So I would not want the job to be a prosecutor in this Kyle Rittenhouse case. I wouldn't want it at all. I think it's the wrong side of the argument, but. If you are given this assignment, you have to do it to the best of your ability. And I don't know. I'm not an expert in what the Kenosha district attorney's office talent is, but it feels like to me they were drawn from the back end of the deck when they put these guys up to try to prosecute Kyle Rittenhouse. Because just as someone who sit and has, has watched enough court proceedings to be able to judge the overall talent of lawyers, because sometimes you're on the wrong side of a case, It doesn't mean you can't advocate forcefully for the side that you're on. These guys are imbeciles. And it's hard for me to watch them and think anything else other than, one, they're not very talented lawyers. Two, they're not very smart, period. And three, it feels to me like they're almost attempting to get a mistrial. Because everybody has what's called a theory of the case. And your theory of the case here on Kyle Rittenhouse basically has to be Essentially, given the charges that Kyle Rittenhouse intended to do violent harm to some of the protesters on that night in question. And you have to build everything around that idea. But you have to do it in a way that passes the smell test and drop your gun and fistfight your way out of a mob is such an insanely stupid argument that any juror out there is going to say, no, the reason why I would have a gun is. Is so I don't have to fist fight my way through a mob. And by the way, there are videos out there that have gone viral of people who tried to fist fight their way out of the mob. And what happens is you end up getting beaten down in a severe way by the mob.
2: That's why you have a weapon. They they double down on this. I mean, the prosecutor that wasn't this guy Kraus, the assistant district attorney went beyond the brought a gun to a fistfight, which isn't even true because there were people waving guns in Rittenhouse's faces, as we've seen in evidence on video and from testimony, but beyond that, I mean, the assistant DA here, Clay, straight up says, you know, I I have friends who are federal prosecutors, I have friends who are in the prosecutor's office here in New York, and some of them have been texting me about this stuff saying, this is just insane. Uh, The James Krause guy here says... Sometimes you're just going to get your butt kicked. That's what the law requires. Everybody takes a beating sometimes, right? Sometimes you get in a, a scuffle and maybe you do get hurt a little bit. That doesn't mean you get to start plugging people with your full metal jacket AR-15 rounds. He, he is saying that Rittenhouse should have let this mob of leftist, rioting, criminal psychopaths beat the you-know-what out of him while he has a rifle and then trust that they won't beat him into a coma or to death, or shoot him with his gun, it's as though they've never heard of the concept of self-defense or they reject it outright. This case, I mean, Clay, you keep saying they're, they're going for a mistrial. I feel like what we're just seeing play out over and over again is they never should have brought this case. Well, it's so yes. obvious.
3: Well, yes, and that's why I would love to know where these district attorneys rank on the, uh, the flowchart of district attorneys in Kenosha, because... Usually in a case of this magnitude, you would put your absolutely most talented prosecutors on the case because, you know, there's going to be significant amount of people watching. Everybody's paying attention. If this is the best prosecutorial duo that they have in Kenosha, I don't know how they ever convict anybody. I I, I really don't, because these guys are a couple of nincompoops and. Look, the defense attorneys have clearly slapped them around from a legal perspective, as has the judge, which is why, as we're waiting now for the jurors. And let me just say, you never know what a jury's going to do, right? Twelve people can be eminently reasonable and they can reach the result that you anticipate. You also sometimes have juries that come back and you have no clue how they could have rendered the verdict that they did. The internal dynamics of a jury room deliberation can be really fascinating. One of the things we did in law school, Buck, we did a bunch of mock trials and they would bring in jurors and you would get to watch the jury deliberate and see what you said and what you did and how that translated to the jury. And it was so fascinating Because many of the times the things that you thought were incredibly important to the case didn't register with the jury and your body language or the body language of a witness may well have become extremely significant. And remember, this is effectively all the world's a stage. As Shakespeare said, all of a court proceeding is a stage. When Kyle Rittenhouse is sitting at the defense uh, uh, table the jurors are paying attention to his body language. Prosecutor, defense, judge, who's in the courtroom, all that factors in. But I would be extremely surprised, Buck, if we don't get a not guilty verdict within the next 24
2: hours. It seems like there's no way that you'll even get it because it, it looks like it's going to be all or nothing, right? I, initially, when they had the gun charge in there, they even threw the uh, the violation of uh the basically stay at home order right they they had a uh, a curfew and yeah. they got rid of that you know they got rid of the curfew they got rid of the v- weapons charge so there's a very real possibility here that Rittenhouse will be not guilty on all counts but if he's found guilty on even one of these counts and this is always the concern that i hear defense attorneys and, and others you know talking about on tv as they're analyzing these things even one of these counts the jury may view that as Something of a down the middle decision. Yeah. Even though that effectively ruins Kyle Rittenhouse's life. And we're being honest about this. He's going to spend, you're a convicted felon for, uh, for criminal homicide and you're going to spend a decade or two in prison. Your life is never the same and in some ways is ruined forever. So it's really important that we get a, a full, uh, a full not guilty verdict top to bottom. And with it, I think people will view this though largely as given the, the information that's come forward. The testimony of the eyewitnesses, thank heavens the video exists, because yes. my contention is if he had shot a if any of these victims, I'm sorry, pardon me, if any of these assailants that he shot were black. And if he didn't have video of the incident, Kyle Rittenhouse would be going to prison. The jury would convict. I, I
3: think that's true. Just, and also- just, just
2: based on the narrative, by the way, not based on the facts.
3: Just based on the narrative. And obviously a big part of this story as well is not only what is the jury going to do, but how is the community of Kenosha going to respond? Five hundred National Guard, State Guard, I think, have been called out by the governor of uh governor of Wisconsin.
2: And Can I you hope, say, Clay, what 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 betting odds, because you're a betting man, what betting odds would you give somebody that if Rittenhouse is found uh if he were found guilty, there would be no riots? I, I would right. virtually
3: guarantee, Guaranteed. right? Because the, the riot is a form of violent protest that is threatened if you don't do what I want. I mean, effectively, our cities were terrorized for months during the summer by violent protesters who were taking advantage of leniency from uh, the, the authorities in the wake of the George Floyd incident. And the reason why I think so many police were told to stand down was... There was a deep fear that there would be an additional violent act that would further propagate riots across the country. And so police were effectively told in many instances to stand down and allow the looting and the pillaging and the violence, the burning that we saw take place all throughout the summer, which still has never been investigated. I mean, it seems strongly organized in some ways. You think about all the attention that has been paid to January 6th and compare it to all the attention. Remember, Buck, as we've talked about on this show, everything was boarded up. There would have been monster riots if Trump had been reelected in uh, in November. That was a implicit threat from the left wing in this country that if we don't get what we want, we're going to riot. So I think in the next 24 hours, we will have a verdict in the Rittenhouse case. What will be interesting also, Buck, is... Do they hold it in some way to try not to have it happen in the late afternoon as it gets closer to evening? Because uh, it would be better, I think, if this verdict comes out in the morning, in the earlier part of the day, uh, because there's more hours of daylight, and typically that doesn't become an issue. I don't know yeah, the answer, it, but the it's, jur- but the it's intriguing. The might,
2: jury might look at uh, you know the weather and also decide if it's going to be a real it's chilly a Wisconsin November in a couple of days. Yeah. They might want to hold out because it's a lot less fun to riot when it's 35 and windy than when it's in the 50s. So we'll have There's to. There's no see. doubt.
3: I mean, and you have to consider all those things, but, uh, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse is out right now. So uh, also his safety is, is there somebody crazy out there who could try to do something to him? I, all of that has to be factored in in terms of the analysis here. You know, our friend, uh, Mike Lindell, he's the inventor of my pillow. They take care of everybody out there and help you get a great night's sleep. Pillows don't go flat. You can wash and dry them constantly. Most important. They're made in the USA, and right now, for a limited time, Mike's giving his MyPillows, yes, the one that started it all for the lowest price ever. You can get a standard MyPillow for $19.98. They were originally $69.98, $50 savings with the promo code Clay and Buck. King Pillow, just 10 bucks more. You also get a money-back guarantee until March 1st, so you have nothing to risk at all. How do you get this incredible offer, Buck?
2: All you have to do right now, is go to mypillow.com click on radio listener specials and enter promo code clay and buck that's mypillow.com click on the radio listener Special square at that website and then you enter the promo code clay and buck or if you just want to call in the number is 800-792-3269 that's 800-792-3269 you'll get these amazing radio specials there perfect for the holiday season You'll find not only this great offer but also rotating discounts on 150 plus My Pillow products, the Giza Dreams bed sheets, the mattress topper, the My Slippers and more. That's mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square, enter promo code clay and buck.
0: BP added more than 70 billion dollars to the US economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
4: Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief.
1: Vicks and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mister Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head and Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March twenty-six. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.
3: Well, welcome back in Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show. We are rolling through the program. The Kyle Rittenhouse jury is out. Tempers are already flaring if you are paying attention to the gathering of protesters. And, Buck, one thing that I don't think we discuss enough or media discusses enough the perspective of owning a small business. I owned a business that I sold that I spent a decade running. And you pour your heart and soul into any business that you are running, any small business out there, even as it turns into a large business. The amount of blood, sweat, tears, effort, energy exertion that is put into running a business is not talked about enough in the context of all of these riots. And, Buck, I'm fortunate because my business, media business, is primarily Internet based. I don't have to worry necessarily about somebody burning it down in a night of riots. But I can I, I can viscerally tell you how sick to my stomach I get as a small business owner. Watching all of these companies and all the hopes and dreams and aspirations associated with these businesses going up in smoke. And so I hope that when Kyle Rittenhouse, I believe, is going to be found not guilty, if he is found not guilty, that the police authorities, that the guard, that the people in Wisconsin do their job to protect the communities and not allow riots to take place and immediately arrest anyone behaving violently, and that we send a message that we're not going to allow the summer of 2020 to happen elsewhere again, because you got the Ahmad Arbery trial going on, you got the Rittenhouse trial going on, all of it gets televised, it sends messages all over the country about how you respond. Are you optimistic that the authorities are going to do their job this time and that we won't need the Kyle Rittenhouses of the World to be showing up thinking that they need to provide private security because the public won't do their job to secure the communities.
2: I do think, Clay, that the pendulum remember, the only thing that holds the Democrats back, the only thing that stays their hand, so to speak, is when it's not in their political interest to do something. When they when it's a threat to their power to allow something to happen or to take a certain action. During the 2020 riots of BLM and Antifa You had a period where there was a moral panic over police racism in America. Now you've gone into a period of 18 months of increased homicides, which disproportionately affect young minority males, more of them being shot. Now, tragically, as a result of the rise in crime, people are getting pretty fed up with it. So it's not that Democrats have learned their lesson and are above it and now oppose rioting. But even the governor of Wisconsin and the other authorities involved here may recognize rioting at this moment, not a good look for the people in charge if they want to stay in charge. So it might be a little different.
3: No doubt. And also, they can't blame Trump for it. That's right. When riots are taking place and Donald Trump is president and it's an election year, you can say the country has spiraled out of control because of him. Biden would take the blame now look we're trying to save you a lot of money on this show and one way you can save a lot of money is you can switch from at&t verizon or t-mobile to pure talk you could save 600 or more a year exact same 5g networks exact same towers and you just pay a lot less you can end up with a great opportunity for you and your family i know because my 13 year old has a pure talk phone you can keep the same phone unlimited talk text six gigs of data on pure talks 5g network just 30 dollars a month and if you want a new phone you can get the iphone 12 for just 479 dollars. claire in new york state got a new sim card and a new phone she loves her to service pure talk 30-day risk-free guarantee so you have nothing to lose from your cell phone how do you sign up dial pound 250 say pure talk 50% off your first month And you can get a new phone. Same phone number. That's pound two five zero. Say pure talk. Some restrictions apply. Call
2: today. Where does the threat of authoritarianism come from? If you believe the corporate media, welcome back to playing Buck Show. If you believe the corporate Democrat media, you would think that it must have been Trump for four years, right? We were always being lectured about how Trump was scary He was a totalitarian. He was going to overthrow the government, override the Constitution, all this stuff. You heard all that. It wasn't true. As you know, the apparatus was used against him. He was supposed to, as the elected president of the United States, be able to trust in the federal government to enact as long as his will is constitutional and expressed lawfully to enact his will. But instead, they tried to subvert him the Russia collusion nonsense that Clay and I have been talking to you about, all of that, an effort at what could be called the soft coup from inside the apparatus itself. The elites and the apparatus of control were never on Trump's side. He was in opposition to it, which is why they hated him so much. Where are you likely to see more authoritarianism when 95 percent of media and communications are against the regime? No, it's actually when 95 percent of the media are with the regime. That's what authoritarianism looks like. Now, I'm just laying this out because there was recently a discussion over on uh, on PBS uh, with uh, Margaret Hoover hosting, and she asked the very famous Chinese dissident Ai Weiwei about whether, and this is a classic, you know, Margaret is doing what Democrats want to hear, which is the, oh, isn't Trump an authoritarian? Let's talk about authoritarian Trumpism. And Ai Weiwei, who, if you don't know, is a longstanding Chinese dissident. To be a dissident in China means to risk torture, imprisonment, uh execution, the torture of your family, etc. I mean, that's real dissident stuff, right? In this country, we have... Brian Stelter thinking he, if he has to wait an extra ten minutes for the you know the croissant before he goes on CNN he's a hero, but in reality, the journo's here are all opposed to people like Trump and they all work together and they all get richer and more famous for lying to you about things. Anyway, here's I Weiwei, a true dissident. When asked, "Is Trump the author and Trumpism?" and the right in this country. Are they the authoritarian threat? You really, it's a little, not super easy to understand, so listen closely, but this is what he says.
1: Do you see Donald Trump as an authoritarian?
2: If you are authoritarian,
3: you have to have a system in supporting you. You cannot just be authoritarian by yourself, but certainly in United States, with today's uh, condition, you can easily have authoritarian. In many ways, you already in the authoritarian state. You just don't know it. How so? Many things happen today in U.S. can be compared to Cultural Revolution in China. Like what? Like people trying to be unified in certain political correctness.
4: That is very dangerous.
2: Clay, can I just, just for everyone here, you have to have the system supporting you to be an authoritarian. Already in an authoritarian state here in America, right now, The Cultural Revolution is what he's comparing this to. The Maoist Cultural Revolution and political correctness. He's saying the threat comes from the left. Of course it does.
3: And this is why so many dissidents in China were such massive supporters of Donald Trump. I mean, massively they supported Trump because he was standing up to China more than we have ever seen America stand up to China before and because they knew and this is also why the venezuelans and the cubans why they turned out in such massive numbers to support donald trump in 2020 it wasn't because they thought he was a perfect leader it was because they understood having seen what true totalitarianism can be what authoritarianism is it is when you have a leader who is supported almost by the totality of the media And that was why all of the criticisms of Donald Trump as a dictator rang so hollow for me, because I'm not sure there has ever been a president more criticized by the media than Donald Trump. In fact, certainly it hasn't happened in my life. And if you look now at just use COVID as an example, what did Trump do with COVID? He mostly deferred to the mayors and the governors of states and let them look at the local numbers in their locations and make the decision that was best for their state, even when sometimes that led to draconian overreach in New York and California, for instance. Look at what Joe Biden has done. Joe Biden, in other words, Trump embraced federalism probably too much For many people out there listening in the early days of COVID, he allowed local jurisdictions and local states to make their own determinations about safety during COVID. Look at what Biden has done. He has shown up in office and immediately implemented the largest federal overreach in history that I can think of with this vaccine mandate. Now, thankfully, the Fifth Circuit slapped it down aggressively on Friday over the weekend. But all of the arguments that Trump was a dictator, an authoritarian, a totalitarian were laughable on their face based on what this dissident is laying out. And look at what is going on right now with Joe Biden and how the media is cheering his usurpation of local power and local authority. And that's why right now this vaccine mandate spells such a massive legal challenge. Is the Supreme Court are the circuit court judges Are they going to be as brave as the Fifth Circuit has been so far and slap down the Biden administration? Because if they're not, that's the real
2: danger of authoritarianism. It's amazing that the journos out there really think of themselves as democracies, firefighters, when really they're the arsonists in so many ways. They, in this Rittenhouse case, have lied relentlessly and as we now see remorselessly, too. They don't care. Joe Scarborough goes on national TV and says numerous, provably, demonstrably false and stupid things. He does not care. He is telling the people watching MSNBC what they want to hear. And this is all about my team, their team. What's interesting, though, in the context of authoritarianism is the Democrat team can call upon 95 percent of media. Maybe you could say 90 percent if you want to give a little bit of a different estimate. To support their cause. I mean, I know something about truly authoritarian states, Clay, having had to study and then spend time in places like, you know, Iraq, where, where I can assure everybody all of the people with access to newspapers and, you know, all the people with access to communications in Iraq were in support of the regime. They were not in opposition to the regime. Authoritarianism happens when the elites, when the media, when academia, when journalists go along with the people in power. That's actually how it happens. And that's why this whole notion that the threat of authoritarianism on the right exists is just them accusing us of what they're doing, which is a constant tactic.
3: And it also is, to your point on the journalist, they think they're being brave by carrying water for the biggest companies in America, for the biggest industries in America, for uh, all of these people out there. When have you ever seen a, for this this is why the protests are so funny to me, when have you ever seen a rebellion in favor of everybody in positions of power? Because that's really what woke protests are. You're protesting the overwhelming might of your political authority. You, You are protesting the group woke capitalism when every place that you've ever bought anything for sent you out an email letting you know that they were standing in solidarity with BLM in May and June of last year, the brave thing to do was not to be standing up in favor of woke capitalism. It was to be taking a step back and saying, wait a minute, what's going on here? And this, by the way, Buck, is why our audience is exploding on this show. Because uh, your point on Joe Scarborough, to me, the only thing we have to sell ultimately, Buck, to our audience, the only thing we have to share is trust. When you get facts wrong. You are telling to your audience, I don't respect you. And that's what Joe Scarborough does. That's what MSNBC and CNN actually do. Speaking of respect, we respect the work that Tunnel the Towers is doing to make the holidays brighter for our nation's gold star and fallen first responder families with young kids and also for catastrophically injured veterans and first responders. For many of these families, holidays are a tough reminder of the sacrifices their heroes made for all of us. The foundation is giving away... A home a day from Thanksgiving through New Year's Eve during its season of hope. With each mortgage-free home, Tunnels to Towers is delivering on its promise to do good and never forget. Buck, how can people out there help all of these families with so much need as the holiday season
2: arrives? Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Remember, all of this is possible because of your generosity. Support America's greatest heroes and their families. Donate $11 a month to the Towers at T2T.org.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway.
3: Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you to go download podcasts. Make sure you don't miss a minute. We set a new record in October, advancing more and more towards the 10 million mark, which would be a pretty amazing mark to hit for the biggest radio show already in the country. We are one of the biggest podcasts as well. That's because of you guys. You can search out Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. New record October podcast downloads. Thank all of you for that. Good news. I like to share some good news every now and then. Uh, You guys remember that I went and talked to my local school board back in August about the mask mandate. Last night here in Williamson County, Tennessee, they uh, overruled the mask mandate that they had put in place. The school board voted to remove it. Now, the positive is for my kids, they had granted exemptions for both religious and health reasons to anybody who requested them. So massive numbers of kids. My kids, fortunately, have not had to wear a mask this year in local public schools. But I do think this is a representative sample of a turning tide starting to move in the distance in in the direction of sanity. Washington, D.C., on November 22nd, will be eliminating their indoor mask mandate uh, we always ask, how do you land a plane? This is important. And I want to play this cut for you from the governor of Colorado. Jared Paulus was asked why he was not implementing a mask mandate statewide, given the fact that neighboring New Mexico had one. Both of those states have been hit by incredibly uh, large increases in covid cases. Listen to what the democratically elected governor of Colorado, Jared Paulus, said Finally, people are starting to look at the data. Let's play cut
2: 25 in terms of where areas that are requiring them or not requiring them. It's a little harder to see through the static on what the impact of that is. I'll give you an example. Our neighboring state of New Mexico has had a mask wearing requirement really for the last couple of months statewide and seems to be at about the same place we are with regard to infection rates. So it's easy to say wearing a mask will protect you because absolutely it delays your chance of getting covid at any given point in time. It's a little harder to figure out what a mask order does in different areas and what impact that might have. He's he's admitting, Clay. Can we just be very clear? He he's talking you through the data and convincing himself as he's doing it that mask wearing is effective, that effect, that this is not a superstition, which is really what this has turned into now. When you keep doing something, even when you have run the experiment many times and have data, you're doing it for reasons other than logic, science, and a rational approach. And let's also remember the fact that you can't tell. It, it, the way that they set this up from the beginning was mask wearing, mask mandates, and mask wearing should create enormous differences. I mean, they were saying 60% reduction in cases, 80% reduction in cases. What they keep falling back on is, well, we we know there's something there. We can't really see it, but we know there's something there because we say so. That just goes to show you they are rejecting the results of the experiments that we have run on masks because... They that's it's a religious belief for them at this.
3: point. Well, yeah, it is a religious belief. Remember, Joe Biden famously said if we would all just wear masks for 100 days, COVID would go away. That's how he started his presidency. But I do take this as an incredibly encouraging sign that the governor of Colorado will say that the reason why he's not implementing a mask mandate in his state, even though he tried to hint at it, is because New Mexico has had one. And it hasn't shown but any. Why are you? Difference.
2: But like, why are you encouraged? Because he's just going to keep saying it's there, even when it's not there. But you he's know, not for another mandating year, the
3: mask. What? He's not mandating the mask. Okay,
2: mandate. there we go. That's encouraging.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and the and and he tried to tip around it. But if you listen to the front half of that argument, he's saying, "Hey." New Mexico has had this mask mandate and their numbers are basically the same as ours. Now, he didn't want to write out and say masks don't work. He tried to on the back end say, well, you know, for your safety, you know, all those things. But when you've got a Democratic governor who's willing to look at the data, the first person I've ever heard, Buck, when he's being questioned, hey, how come you're not implementing a mask mandate? Because the Democratic response, no matter what, every time cases go up, is they lock down harder, they mask up harder, and they argue that's why the cases come down, right? That's what they try to do narratively, even though it's not true. It's why Florida is so important. And the governor of Colorado effectively saying there, well, I'm not going to put in a mask mandate, at least so far, because if you look at New Mexico, they've had a mask mandate, and their numbers are basically the same as ours. I think... I think the tide on masks is starting to turn. People are just afraid of getting attacked, especially Democrats, for being the people who say masks really don't work because the data is
2: transparent, straightforward and irrefutable. Masks do not work. And yet, do you think you could get away with saying this if you walked in the New York Times editorial board or you walked into that newsroom and said, hey, guys, we all we all know, right, that masks don't work. They would look at you. Like you were completely insane, or me, right? Either one of us. They will never change on this because it's really—I know I say it's a religious belief more than anything else. The people that have been the biggest proponents of this think they're very, very smart.
1: Yes, and, and everyone think else they're is smarter
2: than everybody else who didn't believe in this. And when I say believe, that's not even the right. Who didn't believe the argument for this from the very yes. beginning? The same way that I you know, I had a very simple argument about this when it came to Fauci. Your doctor would never say to you antibiotics don't really work, and then turn around and say, oh, I lied to you because I was worried there was going to be a shortage on antibiotics, and you think that was okay. That is what Dr. Anthony Fauci said at the beginning of this pandemic about masks. He changed his tune Because they needed a compliance tool and an anxiety napkin for people, because that's what it really is. People feel psychologically safer with them on, and they feel safer when other people have them on. So the most anxious in our society effectively dragged us all into this madness. It's 100% right.
3: And how do we get out of it is a big question you and I have been discussing to a large extent. Jedediah Babila is going to be with us momentarily. I'm going to get her name 100% right. We're going to have her next. She's a parent and she, like me, looked at all the data and got fired up and furious about masking and all the other stupid requirements we put in place for kids. Unlike me, she actually got to go on The View and confront all of the people who have been helping to propagate the mask insanity. We've got some awesome clips from her uh, segment on The View. She's going to join us next. Buck, get
2: your popcorn. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it, folks. Plus, we'll give you the latest on the Written House verdict as soon as it comes out, which could be during the show today. Could be something we talk about tomorrow. Got much more coming. Around. Oh, and Biden wants to supercharge the IRS. That scares me. We'll talk about it.
3: You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network.
1: Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. An official message from Medicare.
4: A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. Hear fascinating animal stories to explore wildlife across the globe in Season 3
1: of Amazing Wildlife. Starting March 15th, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.